Welcome back to episode 109 of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here on Chess Journeys, we do love to explore the highs and glories of rating gains, but also we like to dive into the plateaus and perhaps below that, the pits of despair. If you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys. And I do want to thank the Queen level supporters Matt Bush, Jay Garrison, Diana Rich Burgess, Brandon Halside, David Schreiber, Lindsay Newhall, Jeff Peterson, Tobias Rex, Bob Berger, Nicholas Harrigan, Rich, Bradley Fainer, and our King level supporter, Ian Samples. Uh, I have been streaming on Dr. Skull underscore Tiny Grimes. I decided to go back to Capablanca's best endings. There are 10 left, so that's uh, probably about eight streams. I'll do two on my own. I've been putting some clips of the podcast up as shorts on YouTube. If you want me to keep doing that, then you should check them out because I'm thinking about stopping doing it because my time is running low as summer break is coming to an end. Uh, if you want to appear on the show, you can fill out the Google form in the show notes. I do want to hear your story. We all do. And if you're interested in Noel Studer's Next Level Training Program, you can use the code in the show notes to support the show and get a great product. Also, if you're in the mood and you're just like, Kevin, this show is great. You can do a five-star review on uh, iTunes. Haven't had many reviews in a while. If you're thinking, Kevin, the show is terrible, you don't have to do a review. You could just send me a private message and be like, Kevin, here's how you can fix the show. Up to you. All right. Well, let's get on with the show that we have today. We are bringing on Chris. He is a mechanic. He's a family man. And he's an adult improver trying to find time for as much chess as he can amongst all the other responsibilities in his world and his orbit. Chris, thanks so much for coming on today. And have you had a chance to play any chess yet today? Uh, thanks. And I haven't. Um, usually I have to wait until later in the evening to have time to play chess. So, mm. and I think we're recording during your chess time, aren't we? Oh, we are. Yeah. Okay. So my apologies there. I hate to pull you away from, uh, your chess time to interview you, but I'm sure everyone's going to appreciate the thoughts that you have. Um, okay. So Chris, uh, why don't we start with, uh, your background? When did you start playing chess? Did you play it all as a kid? Uh, anything like that going on? Um, I learned how the pieces moved when I was pretty young. I think a kid on the school bus taught me he had a magnetic chessboard. Uh, when I was in like kindergarten or first grade, and that's all the chess I ever knew up until I started uh, studying chess uh, almost two years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a pretty long break. You learn how the pieces move. Uh, was there a reason why you didn't play chess or was it just like any other game? It was fine, but it wasn't that appealing. I, I kind of always wanted to play chess. I didn't have, I never, any of the schools I went to didn't have like scholastic chess programs and I didn't know anybody who played chess. Um, so I would play chess, like if it came up, you know, over the years with like friends or whoever, uh, but I never learned anything about it. And I always thought that chess was something that like, old guys were good at so i was like well when i'm old i'm gonna learn to play chess and it's gonna be great uh, uh and then when i started learning i was like oh no i should have been doing this when i was a kid uh so i got it backwards okay yeah that is funny i i feel like a lot of people have that impression that like old people especially old men magically can like play chess good and, yeah, you uh, suddenly have the wisdom to be good at chess. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's the life wisdom. That's what makes you good at chess. Yet we know that's not at all the case as little kids just, uh, you know, demolish us game after game. Yeah. 
Okay. So what brought you into chess then? Because I, I imagine you wouldn't, you weren't considering yourself an old man when you picked up chess. No, I, um, so at the end of 2021, uh, literally on New Year's Eve, um, a friend of mine uh, showed up at the house kind of semi-unexpectedly. He was in town for the holidays. And his parents live like three houses down from me. So he just walked over and we were just hanging out in the kitchen, talking and reminiscing and stuff. And somehow a chess board ended up there and we were playing chess. And I didn't know, I was blissfully unaware that there was a chess boom. Mm. I hadn't seen the queen's gambit. I didn't know that people were out here studying chess so that they could murder their friends on the streets. Um, so we started playing and we're like four or five moves in and he's like hey man you you just hung your knight and i was like oh yeah my bad like you know uh must be rusty or something you know played it off he let me undo the move but then like four turns later i hung it again <laughs> and and i knew at that point i was like this is uh this is not gonna go well mm-hmm. and i was repeatedly humiliatingly crushed uh in front of my kids and so i just had the rest of new year's eve you know to sit there and stew on it and i'm like why why did that happen to me i can't i've got to do something about this so uh i it was convenient that it was new year's i was like well i guess i'm gonna get good at chess wow Uh, that's really interesting because i think a lot of people would have just been like you know i lost it's a dumb game that's why i lost so it's interesting that you decide like you didn't want that experience again. Yeah, it was it wasn't like I just like got beat. Obviously, uh, I knew how the pieces moved and mm-hmm. uh, my friend knew quite a bit more than that um, since he had already been in on the, the chess boom. So it was oh, man, it was it was a murder scene. It was horrible. And, you know, uh, my oldest daughter, she was five at the time. Uh, she was watching. And at first she was kind of like trash talking for me, but then that quickly stopped. (laughs) And, you know, whenever your kid's sitting there, like watching you get beat, like disappointed, you know, it was crushing. So I was like, I have to, Mm. I have to figure this thing out. Was she like, dad, why are you so bad at chess? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Cause it's funny. Cause kids will ask that question and they don't even mean it mean they're just genuinely curious. Like, why is that guy good and you're bad? And you're like, hey, man, not the time. I don't I don't enjoy this question. Yeah. The other day she asked me, um, she wanted me to play Minecraft with her. Mm. And I was like, well, I can't. I've got a chess lesson today. And she goes, are you trying to become the best in the world? Ooh. And I was like, no, not even not even close. But, uh, you know, in her mind, she was like, he he's not playing Minecraft with me. This is serious business. So. <laughs> Yeah, it is really hard for non-chess players, I think, to grasp how hard it is to get good at chess. Because my family is like, you've been playing for years now. You have a podcast. You have a coach. You go to tournaments. You fly to Vegas. How are you not awesome? I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's very hard. Yeah. Oh, well, I certainly didn't expect it whenever I started. But uh, it's been, I've had plenty of time to get used to how it how hard it is by now but yeah it's a bit of a shock when you first uh kind of discover chess to realize just how deep it goes yeah okay so you're this friend of yours whoops you okay that's unfortunate um and you decide to get serious did you decide like 
I want to get good enough to beat this guy, or were you like, I want to get good enough to be the best there is? Um, at first it was uh, to get good enough to beat him. Um, you know, I uh, that was my sole goal was like I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this around the next time he's at his parents for holidays. He's in town. Uh-huh. It's going down, and I'm gonna redeem myself. Uh, and have you had that opportunity yet? Yeah, I have. Um, we've played a lot even we played some online once i started getting better at it um so at this point i've managed to beat him um i wouldn't necessarily say i'm i'm really stronger than him because i've lost some games too but Mm -hmm. uh yeah i'm no longer a complete beginner getting uh just trounced okay what what is this person's rating on whatever whatever server they're on um I don't know that they play a whole lot online, but they'd probably be around like twelve or thirteen hundred on like chesscom or maybe like oh. fifteen, sixteen hundred on Lee Chess. Okay. So it sounds like they're a quite a proficient player. Yeah. Well, whenever I started and I realized how hard chess was, I was like, Oh, dude, this is great. He's not that good. I'm just really bad. It's <laughs> not gonna take that long. And then once I started learning, I'm like, Man, you've actually been doing this for a while, huh? He was mm-hmm. so, you know. Yeah, that's tough. Okay, so you you jump in, you decide to get serious about chess. What does that even mean? Like, what are these first steps? What are you going to do to get good at chess? Um, I had no idea. Like I said, growing up, I didn't know any chess players. I, I didn't, I really didn't, wasn't cognizant of the fact that there were like chess tournaments mm-hmm. around, you know? Um. So at first it was like Google searches, you know, and like, Obviously, that led me to, you know, finding like chess.com and a lot of their resources uh, and stuff and YouTube in general. Um, When I obviously you go on YouTube and you search chess, Gotham Chess comes up immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So there was that. And then kind of just trying to figure out. figure out how to even begin studying chess, you know, cause I had no frame of reference. So, um, yeah. And just going from there and, you know, somebody, oh. you look at something, somebody says, well, you got to do a lot of tactics. <laughs> okay. Uh, and oh. I go, oh, okay. So I just start doing tactics, you know, that's what they said. So I guess this is how you train and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just kind of picked it up on my own as I, heard something or got advice i kind of added that in if i felt that it uh you sounded right to kind of the philosophy that i had you know and matched up i'd go yeah you know and add that into it and and what was this philosophy because that's one of the hardest things for a new chess players to kind of figure out cobble together like what's my study regimen what's my philosophy what'd you come up with um at the start uh pretty much it boiled down to people say tactics make you good at chess. So just do a lot of puzzles. Okay. Um, and I was doing that. Um, I tried to, I watched, uh, you know, stuff like, uh, on YouTube, obviously I mentioned Gotham chess, but like, uh, I watched a lot of like Ben Feingold stuff. Hmm. Um, there's all his old lectures, you know, from St. Louis or Atlanta chess centers yeah um and watching stuff like that and kind of learning about principles and development and the other stuff to go with it um 
and then just playing games. Um, and for a while, for a long time, I was kind of like doing this on my own because uh, mm -hmm. I don't, uh, you know, there is a chess club here locally to me. I know that now. But at the time, like I said, I wasn't really cognizant of the greater ecosystem of chess. So uh, a lot of it was just kind of doing it on my own. I listen to a lot of podcasts at work. Um, mm. I'm a mechanic, so I can put in my you know, headphones eight hours a day and just devour podcasts. Um, oh, okay. So that was something I did pretty early on since I don't have a lot of free time on my day. Uh, I was like, well, you know, I can maybe learn something or get better at chess from a podcast. You know, yeah, I recommend chess journeys. It's a great podcast. Yeah. It's, it's one of, it's one of my more favorite ones. Uh, <laughs> I think you have to put perpetual chess on top. I think, you know, it's like disrespectful if you don't, yeah, but then below that, I'd say chess journeys is a very strong contender. Okay. Uh, right. big fan people should listen to it i feel like perpetual chess is so the number one podcast like if i go to a tournament and someone's the like, magnus of chess podcasts yeah definitely it's like i recognize your voice i'm like yeah i have a chess podcast i'm like oh perpetual chess that's you and i'm like no and they're like oh there's another chess podcast and i was like ouch yes there's several actually <laughs> so it's uh it's kind of funny okay well let, let's uh jump back to the beginning real quick when you first started and you get on chess.com or Lee chess. What is your rating that you're getting like right out of the gate? Um, so I started out on chess.com and that rating went pretty far down. Mm, okay. I want to say, uh, it was low five hundreds or maybe even like high four hundreds. Nice. So it was right around 500. Okay. Um, but like I said, I learned the moves as like a kindergartner. And mm -hmm. so until I kind of figured out like some of the principles and stuff, you know, I could not have told you for, you know, when I first started, you know, if it was bad to move your F pawn, I was like, I don't know. It's as good as any of the others. Sure. Why not? Um, so it, it went pretty far down before it started to uh, stabilize and then slowly drag its way back up. You know, what's great about having such a low starting rating is then when you look at your graph long-term, you can be like, wow, look how how far I've come. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, if you put it in terms of points, it sounds very impressive. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Okay, so you immediately start doing tactics. Makes perfect sense. It sounds like you're doing like the basic chess principles, basic strategy, how to start the game um just some basics where is that taking you how how long would you say you invest in that period of your training and where'd that get you um at first it wasn't super intense um because i didn't have an idea that like you know you need to put so many hours a week into chess or mm. you know this side or the other so it was pretty low intensity as i kind of only had the goal of beating one person um, but I just played yeah. uh, kind of simple chess. I, you know, played E4, E5 and, mm -hmm. you know, tried to develop things and not hang pieces. Um, I mean, that sounds then, like it could take you all the way to about 1800, by the way. That yeah, yeah, I'm still working on that. Yeah, it's uh, that's a lot harder than it sounds like. <laughs> um, so I was doing that. And then as I started to... Uh, you know, find the different podcasts and stuff. Um, I think on 
I forgot. I forget who it was. It may have been like Kostya Kavuchki on Perpetual Chess suggested um, the Soviet chess primer mm, as a okay. as a chess book, and that sounded good to me. I was like, you know, a hundred years of dominance can't be wrong. Yeah. Um. So I I bought a copy of it and started to read that and that was around the time i got more serious about uh studying it and all of that and i was uh i found the chess punks the twitter community um because of this podcast listening to it uh Ooh, people kept cool. bringing it up and i'm like who are these people that <laughs> want to talk about chess yeah because uh, i need to find those people and and from there i was able to uh kind of uh get better uh i guess direction and you know what you should be studying and mm. you know how what is normal for people who are studying to chess uh studying chess to put into it um and so it kind of it started to take off at that point um maybe okay. the first six months i went from 500 up into the probably around 800 or so on chesscom and then that's nice at some point uh i swapped to primarily playing on lee chess um not for any particular reason i just uh preferred it i guess and um at that point i think when i swapped to there i was about a thousand lee chess mm. and then that got up to about 1200 or so lee chess um from New Year's up till about the end of October, beginning of November. Okay. Um, and at that point, uh, I had a lot going on in my life. Uh, was really overwhelmed just with work and the holidays and family stuff. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I've I've been studying chess. I beat my friend, which was the whole reason we're doing this. <laughs> you know. Uh, maybe i you know maybe i'm good with it and i kind of more or less stopped playing chess um i would still play like correspondence games with another buddy of mine uh, but it was super casual you know because i'd look at my phone for like a quarter of a second play a move and it was a blunder and i'd just be like you know lol to my friend in the chat so that yeah. was the only thing chess related i did from november till about the end of february or uh, wow. beginning of March this year. Okay, so let's stop there before we come to your glorious comeback. Um, so were there any thoughts in there of like, I gained a lot of points pretty quick, like maybe I could be great at this thing, or had you listened to enough podcasts and stuff to warn you that like, uh, you're probably not going to become Grandmaster without like incredible amounts of effort. This is not just going to be an easy process. Yeah, well, I... I feel like uh, pretty early on, you know, I mean, just doing some Google searches about chess, trying to figure out how to study chess. One of the first things you'll read online is that, like, look, if you're an adult, uh, don't even don't even worry about it because you won't be a master. Mm. Um, and so it was one of those things I was like, OK, well, that, you know, so that really kind of put that out of my mind. Um, so I, I didn't feel like I, you know, was super great at it, but at the same time, it's easy to forget, you know, uh, as if you're say, you know, you're like a, a 1000 and 1200 and you're like, man, I'm, I'm so terrible at chess. 
at that point I could just go into like a bar somewhere with the chess set and, and beat the brakes off of anybody there. Like Mm -hmm. the population at large is, you know, they, they don't even have that much under their belt. So, um, I was happy with it at the time. And like I said, I was busy. So it was like, okay, cool. I did chess, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, and then, I essentially mastered chess, right? Like you didn't master it all the way, but of anyone you're going to meet in your life, you're going to be. Yeah. So for my purposes, yeah, I felt like I had, had kind of gotten what I needed to get out of it. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, But then once things slowed back down, uh, you know, had a little bit more free time. I was like, you know, Mm. it could be even better at chess mm, you could be even better okay before we get to this glorious thing which i'm looking forward to um you said you started reading the soviet chess primer did you find that to be over your head at all and you were like trying to hang on or did you find it was a good match for where you were at i feel like halfway through the book there's a brick wall oh, okay. um there's so the first chapters i got the book and you know chapter one super simple it's how the pieces move you're like okay no oh. problem you know, chapter two is real simple. Chapter three, I, I forget exactly where it gets hard, but I went from like going like this is all really basic. I don't mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I really need to read this, but I'll do it anyways <laughs> to like suddenly turning the page, reading the page three times over and then being like, I don't have a clue what oh, they're talking man. about here. That's really interesting. Uh, I haven't read the book myself. I thought it was pitched towards like 1500 plus so i was a little surprised that that's where you started that, that makes sense to me based on mm-hmm. my experience because like i said about uh, i don't know a third of the way into it or so it it starts to talk about uh yeah some some real intermediate stuff and as a beginner i was just lost had no okay. idea what they were saying did that like uh diminish your desire at all where you're like oh geez i don't know what's going on forget that or did you just move on to some other resources no i i chalked it up to uh you know i thought it's called the soviet chess primer it's supposed to be an intimidating tome Mm. uh and so i was like yeah that that makes sense it's it's just a hard book so okay and you got halfway through it that's not bad uh, I yeah. guess the next questions I have are like surrounding your plan. How did you come up with a plan? Because it sounds like you weren't working with a coach. Um, it sounds like you were listening to a lot of podcasts, which is both good and bad, I've found. Just in yeah. interviewing people alone, I get competing plans in my head where I'll have a plan and someone will say something amazing. And I'm like, oh, I should be doing that. And then like my career is littered with these uh, halfway done plans of brilliant people. How did you put a plan together? Well, at first, um, I'm more or less listening to this podcast. And I would listen to, because when I found it, you had like, I don't know, 30 or 40 episodes at the time. And listening through that, sometimes people would say something like, oh, that's brilliant. That's that's great. Uh, and if they say things that I don't really agree with or that I've heard, you know, if somebody says, well, I do this and it works. And I'm going like literally every master I've ever seen comment on the subject says the opposite. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with them. I think maybe you're an outlier and I've just kind of, you know, and if it works, I kept it. And if it didn't work, I got rid of it. And that worked for a while. Um, eventually I kind of got a bit of information overload and I decided to outsource my training plan to the chess dojo. 
Ah, okay. That's a good plan. So when did yeah. you join the dojo? Um, I joined right before I stopped playing in like October, and then mm. I just gave them free money for a while because I didn't You're use saying... it. The chess dojo makes you stop playing chess. What an no, advertisement. No, 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 not at all. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's fantastic. I just, I, I should have saved myself a few dollars mm. and waited until I picked it back up, you know. Okay. Yeah, I, I found the dojo to be great as well. What is it that you like so much about it? Is it just that they have a structured program? Now you don't have to worry anymore. Are there elements of the program that are especially appealing to you? Um. The structure is definitely a positive, you know, the way that they do the curriculum based into, you know, cohorts of rating ranges. It's it's easy. It's it's nice to be like, OK, well, at, I'm at this level. And if you look at what they think people at this level should be doing, it's usually it's stuff that's pretty relevant. You know, everything's like, you know what? I do need to learn how opposition works. And so you do that and you learn that and you're like, okay. Um, I like the content as well. Um, they have different games that they want you to memorize and stuff. I think it's really cool. Uh, like there's a game, one of, um, Oh, now the name's gone out of my head. Uh, one of Greco's games that i just i could bust out at any moment and like people would be like whoa you're like a chess genius uh <laughs> you know so i'm like that's worth that's worth the uh the, the price alone right yeah just the power um, trick you're right exactly no but having you know the the lessons done um it kind of took a lot of the planning time out of it on my part mm -hmm. uh because my time is really limited already um i'm like well i can just do this plan and i'm studying chess not thinking and plotting about how i'm gonna study chess yeah and that part can be so overwhelming right because like you said you listen to a new podcast and now you're evaluating that so you get a book and then you start looking at it and you're like maybe this isn't for me and then you hear another podcast you get that book and now maybe that one's not for me three weeks have gone by all you've done is a little tactics and thinking about what you should study instead of just studying yeah yeah and and that kind of uh was what was happening to me a little bit i think yeah. yep i can i can understand that i'm i'm trying desperately to resist that i think i'm just going to announce this right now um i've brought noel studer onto my um coaching team he's going to be kind of like the the planner right so he's going to help me every month we're going to get together and we're going to talk about my plan and what he thinks I should be doing. I'm even using Clockify now to keep track so he can see if I'm being accountable to the plan that we're making. Uh, and then I'm going to meet with my main coach on a weekly basis to continue doing the lessons we're doing. But to, to try to get the, the study planning away from me, because I think I'm terrible at it. I keep changing plans, and I think it'll be freeing to have someone else do it. So I can see why you're really liking the dojo. Yeah, a lot of it was the content. I was pretty good at sticking to a plan, but knowing what a plan should consist of, I think was my big weakness. Yeah, that's hard, right? Because like, even if you're like, I've got a plan, I'm going to stick to it. I'm a thousand. And you're like, all right, how do you know it's a good plan? You're only rated a thousand. And you're yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't I know. Wouldn't, I, I wouldn't trust it. me to train me. So <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. I'm 1600. And I feel the same way. I'm like, 
I don't know what a good plan is. So yeah, have, having a GM, having a master, having someone who's done the journey, be able to help you with the plan, I think is really important. Um, have you thought about coaching at all? Or do you kind of feel like the chess dojo is a replacement for a coach? Um, I feel like in a lot of ways it is. Um, although I do have a chess coach. Um, I don't, we just strictly do like game reviews. We'll go over my games and discuss the games you know um and all the stuff we do is based around my actual play um so the the structure and the study part i rely on the chess dojo for um and then a lot of like the analysis i have a coach that helps out with that and you do the jesse cry method that listeners will have just heard uh, you write like 14 pages of analysis. It takes you a week for each game you play. Um, I have done that a few times. Okay. And I have skipped it a few times. I would consider myself maybe like a C student in that regard. But uh, Okay. Do you think you gained a lot when you did do it and it's just a time limitation? Or did you kind of feel like, ah, I didn't get as much as I would have liked? It is, um, yeah, it, it is a time limitation to an extent. Um, the other thing is, if you if you don't do it once, it's very easy to not do it a second time. You know, I mean, just like anything in life. Sure. So, like, I, I played a game where there was only one, like, real event in the game. There was a tactic. I missed the tactic, and it was like, okay, well, that's that's it. Uh, and it's hard to write a five-page essay about one move. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm phoning this one in. So I just, I didn't really like finish it. Mm -hmm. And then like once that's happened, you know, like what if you don't finish the second one? Well, the world won't end. You know that already, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What a great point. Habits. It's so tough, right? It's like maintaining habits gets the rhythm going and then as soon as you break that habit it can be so hard to bring it back because now it's not habit now it's a thing you used to do and you already didn't do it so why not not do it again yeah, yeah. i hear you I, I have a whole bunch of little habits i try to keep up for that reason and as soon as i stop once it can take weeks before i do it again it's really challenging yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, if you miss a couple of days, uh, you could be doomed if you don't get your head back on and get back to it. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, so October comes. Life gets really busy. I mean, the holidays are tough. The holidays yeah. are super tough in my house. We've got between October and January, there's like nine birthdays between like parents and, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's the same here. It's the same here. And then there's uh, holidays. So you make it through all that. You come out the other side of the holidays. Uh, New Year's, did your friends stop by? Um, I, d I don't think he came by the house New Year's this past year. Um, yeah, but although he was around on Thanksgiving, which is yeah. technically in that not playing period, and we did play then. Okay. Um, so. Okay. So you played a little bit here and there, even if you weren't studying or taking it seriously. Did your daughter watch the match and was she cheering for you? Um, she paid decidedly, markedly less attention the second time than the first time, which is disappointing. <laughs> I guess she decided she's like, I've already seen what's gonna happen, Dad. Like, yeah. what are you trying to prove here? But uh You're like, no, it's gonna be different this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've put in a lot of work. 
See, my children, it would have been worse because when they were five, uh, especially my older child, would always root for the winner. Like we'd be watching a sporting event and they'd be like, who's winning? And then that suddenly that's who they're rooting for. And if if it, if it flips, they're rooting for the other team. So they would have been rooting for my opponent. Like, oh, you're losing. Well, then I'm, I only root for winners, dad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, uh... So we roll into March. Is the fire start burning like around January, February? And you're like, hmm, I kind of want to get back into this then. Yeah. Um, as you know, the, the start of the year, the first couple of months went through, I wasn't really playing. Um, but I did start to kind of have chess on my mind a little bit more. I started listening to like chess podcasts again at work and, uh, what was the first one you brought back? Was it perpetual? Um, I don't remember, but again, it has to be perpetual just on, on the, the status, but, uh, Ben's going to love this episode. He's going to be like, this is by far your best episode. (laughs) Well, you know, I've listened to about every episode of every chess podcast out there just because I have, it's eight hours a day. I mean, when I'm at work, I'm just listening to podcasts. I've listened to a lot of podcasts that aren't chess related because I've run out, you know, Mm -hmm. of every genre. Um, So I really just devour podcasts. I have some pretty strong opinions on what the good ones are, but I won't get into that except to say that it's, Perpetual chess and chess journeys are both on the list. Okay. So yeah, I think we should not tier list the other. Podcasts. No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So what brings you back in March then? What makes you finally be like, you know what? I'm getting back after it. Um, it just kind of was on my mind. Like I said, I kind of started getting back into it and, you know, whenever you're like listening to it and you're, you know, maybe I, I do some tactics and stuff on my phone or something. And uh, then you're like, well, you know, I want to I want to get back into playing. And uh, so whenever I started playing again is whenever I got the coach. OK. Um, and that's reviewing my games with coach was a, a massive, massive help. Mm-hmm. Um, so before that, when you finished the game, what would you do? Did you just like turn on the engine and try to work with it to figure out what you did wrong? Yeah, I mean, at first, uh, when I first started, and you don't know any better, you just, you know, you click the, you know, the analysis, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, review your mistakes, and you go, okay, and it gives you a position, it says, well, you did this, find a better move, and you're like, I I don't know, you make a different move, the computer's like, no, dude, that is not the right move, (laughs) and so, like, all right, well, I, next, next missed position i guess and now you get that one wrong too and you're like well i'm not a computer so i guess it doesn't apply to me next game mm, yeah uh, you know sometimes it's obvious uh, they're like well you played this what's a better move and i'm like well i could have just not hung it <laughs> exactly. i guess in hindsight <laughs> is not hanging my knight a better move and the computer's like yes it is a better yes, move. well absolutely done, <laughs> okay all right so you're trying to use the computer you're not really getting that much out of it and going to a coach. Does it also help motivate you um, knowing that you're going to get to review games with coaches? Are you like looking for special games or like, Ooh, I wasn't sure what was going on here or this position was tricky. Or do you just throw up like one of your random games? Um, well, yeah, it, it motivates me to make sure that I play uh, during the week. Hmm. Um, 
because it's it's really easy for me to just get busy and not have a lot of time and have good intentions and i'll be like well i, I did a lot of tactics yeah, uh you know I, I did a lot of puzzles but did you play any games no i didn't even think about playing games um so whereas since i've got a coach now it's like well you know i i guess i should have something to show mm. so that helps um as for your study and the rest of it um i'm not the most diligent person on updating the dojo scoreboard um, but the structure of it is really easy to follow anyway. So I'll, I, I do pretty good following that anyways. Like it's something easy to do if you're on break or on lunch at work, you know, um, if you have some free time, I'll just, you know, do a couple of puzzles or I'll, you know, study something else. So my biggest issue was always actually playing the games and mm. having somebody accountable for, for that aspect I find helped me a lot. Interesting. And what is your time control that you usually play? Um, mostly I play rapid. Um, I've been playing primarily fifteen ten lately. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I play blitz, it's five three. And is that why you have a hard time finding time for games? Is because you need to carve out, you know, like forty minutes for a blitz game? I'm sorry, forty minutes uh -huh. for a rapid game. Yeah, well, I'd love to carve out 40 minutes for a Blitz game. Um, but yeah, it's that's part of it. Um, Blitz, especially anything faster than like 5.3 to me is just anxiety simulator. Mm. Um, I can't think, I can't find the moves. Like, and if I, you know, and the clock's ticking, man, you got to do something. Yeah. And uh, so I just generally don't enjoy that. And um for a long time, for most of playing chess, I played Tenno, um, mm. which is a little bit faster than I'd prefer, but it's not so fast that it uh, doesn't give you time to think, you know. Um, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I, I think this seems to be a, a thing that I hear a lot from adults is like, for whatever reason, studying provides more joy and is easier to do and make time for than actually playing games. And I was kind of thinking about that for myself this week. I have been very demotivated to actually play chess, but I've been enjoying going over games and learning things. And I think it's, at least for me, part of it is like, there are two modes there. One is just like the joy of learning and one is competition. Like, am I in the mood yeah. to gear myself up to be competitive? I've kind of had a bad day. I'm not in a great mood. I kind of just want to, sit back and do some chess but playing feels like a whole nother thing that's that's definitely uh what it is for me most of the time yeah learning about chess and studying it's a fun thing that i do as a hobby you yeah. know uh and i find enjoyment from it playing chess is enjoyable but the competition aspect of it um definitely you have to be in the right uh, frame of mind you have to want to compete because if you just want to look at the chess pieces and, and move some some chess pieces around, probably not a good time to play. Maybe you should just study because you're not going to be you're not going to have that killer instinct, I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like I think for me, this is going to get real personal here because school is starting back up. I'm not really in the mood to be like ultra competitive. And so the same thing has happened with pickleball. Like I picked up pickleball lately. And I was enjoying it. And if I could just go hit with somebody, that would be great. 
but I have to go in and have a partner and perform and be competitive. And so I just haven't been going at all. I'm just like, I don't, I'm not up for that right now. I'm not in the mood for competition. I just kind of want to relax for these next two weeks, but you know, studying that's fun, but competing like tonight, I'm supposed to compete in this tournament. And I'm kind of like, Oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to try to flip the switch, but I have to really like, jumpstart the switch right like it's not yeah. as easy as just flipping it i gotta hook myself up to another car and really get rolling i don't know how i'm gonna do this yeah um, it's uh if you're not in the the mind frame for it it's uh, there's got to be some good ways to um to get yourself there i mean i'm not a sports psychologist but there has to be you know, something that people can do to kind of help get into the competitive uh, headspace, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think it's something I need to work on. Uh, friend of the show, Jay, said what we need to do is find a way to turn on killer Kevin and like reserve yeah. that guy just for chess night. Like he's he's a friendly guy until he sits down at the chessboard with you. Then he's killer Kevin. And I'm like, all right, I'll try, Jay. And I have a, I have a hard time doing it. It'd be okay. great if you just had a button. Oh, wouldn't it be great? So you come back in March. Step one, get a coach to go over games with. Now you're motivated to play more 15, 10 rapid games. That's awesome. You're in the dojo. You've got a training plan. So how many hours a day or a week are you studying? And are you doing that thing where you're like trying to motivate yourself to study as much as you can? Or are you just kind of like, I study when I feel like it? Yeah, I study when I feel like it, and the amount of time I spend on it is probably on the lower end. Um, it's I'm I'm generally pretty busy. Um, I'd be pretty lucky if I get five to eight hours a week. Mm. Um, so, because I have about an hour or so generally on on any given weekday that I could play. Uh, and I, I don't always, you know, sometimes other things come up and then maybe I can scrape together a couple of hours on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of it's just been efficiency of, of training, I guess, like I said, I'll do puzzles on my phone. Oh, if I'm on my lunch break, you know, uh, or something like that, you know, if you're, if I'm in a waiting room at the doctor's office doing puzzles, if I'm, you know playing on my phone before I go to sleep, I'm doing puzzles. I just try to uh, fit it in in little chunks where I can. Mm -hmm. um, that way, if I do have a solid chunk of time, really, I need to spend that playing games because those are the things where you need to say, I have committed X amount of time continuously yeah. uh, to do this. And I think what I'm getting from you, tell me if I'm not accurate here, is that it sounds like a lot of the trouble of playing games maybe you're doing it after a long day's work right you get home and you're like okay i'm ready to rest and it's like time to gear up man it's game night and you're like oh my goodness yeah i played a game uh a couple of weeks ago i i live in florida it's been over 100 degrees every day for the last month and i work outdoors oh wow um so i get home i'm just completely exhausted you know covered in sweat um and yeah, I'll be like all day long thinking about playing chess. And I'm like, dude, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it. And by yep. the time I get home, uh, and a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, you know what? You should play chess anyways. 
Mm. Um, and I think I like hung my queen on like the, you know, very early in the game because yeah. I just didn't see it. And I was like, no, dude, you're way too exhausted to be doing this. Don't force it. And so I was like a lesson learned, I'm not going to yeah. force myself to play chess if I'm not feeling it um because it's it's very physically uh but that's why i'll play at night too you know i can come home i can rest i have my family time we'll eat dinner we'll get the kids in bed Mm -hmm. Uh, and when the house is quiet and i've rested up in the air conditioning for five or six hours Mm -hmm. before i go to bed i'll play some chess you know and i'm recovered by that point yeah i find during the school year that the best time i have to play chess is there'll be like maybe three days a week right when I get home from school for one hour and I can actually fit in a rapid game. But the problem is like you all day, I'll be like, all right, I can't wait. I'm psyched up. I'm geared up, but I have an hour drive home. And when I leave school, I'm ready. By the time I'm done driving for an hour straight, I get, I walk in the door and I'm like, who are you kidding, man? Your chest time was right there. That was the hour. Not now. Now you're dead. Uh, it's such a challenge to, to find. Yeah, I used to try to fit in like 10 0 games on my lunch break. Mm. Um, and then I messed up and like was like, I, I think I had one that was really quick. And I was like, oh man, I got enough time. And then I'm like trying to covertly finish the game while I go back to work. You know, I'm yep. like up underneath a uh, you know vehicle, like trying to finish the game. And I was like, okay, we can't, we can't do this anymore. That was a bad idea. I got to uh, stop that. Yeah. And you're like, could you just resign your opponent? You're losing. And they're like, nope, not resigning. Yeah. Oh boy. That's tough. Okay. Um, how much would you say your rating has gone up or down in this period when you've come back in March? Do you feel like you've made a lot of progress or are you just, you know, enjoying yourself? Yeah. Whenever I came back, I was, a uh, my rating had been in the 1200s on Lee chess. I hadn't played for six months. It immediately mm. dropped straight down to like 1100. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Cause I just, yeah, you know, you got to get back into the flow of things. Um, since then, it's gone up to it's currently 1550 nice. um thereabouts i think a couple of points over that so uh 350 points or so in that time period um hmm. the biggest thing for me uh, i feel is just is having a coach or, or anyone else you know a stronger player um who can go over your games with you and point out why things are mistakes in a way that a computer can't do and in a way that makes sense to somebody who is just a you know a beginning player or an amateur player uh you know other than just you know the computer goes this is wrong find a different move they can be like well the reason this is bad is because you hang your queen here see and you go oh okay no but um they can point out what the issues are that's that's been the the driving thing yeah um the other thing is uh doing so the books that the dojo recommends at at where i'm at or where i've been studying through was everyone's first chess workbook by peter mm-hmm. giannatos and yeah. uh the big polgar book oh yeah with, yeah all that stuff all the um, mates. i think yeah i think that polgar book with the mates in it is great um you don't need a board i can just you know i can sit around at the house and just 
look at the the diagrams and and try to find the mate and go okay well there it is you know go to the next one mm. that's really convenient and the patterns at first seemed kind of um they seemed almost like contrived to me i'm like sure this is a mate but when would i ever get this weird pattern right. with a pawn and a knight <laughs> here with this other i'm like this is but i'll do it and you know, jesse christ says i should do it so okay i'll do it uh -huh. um and then i got one of those mates the weird uh, you know uh -huh. looking it's similar to like a fish hook mate but it's it's not it's uh i got one in the middle of the board and i was just like okay i'm convinced this book <laughs> is great yeah that's funny what i love most is how portable it is <laughs> well it is a <laughs> it is a massive tome but um i think that kind of lends itself well to it too it's this massive book that just says chess on the yep. spine that's, uh, like, that's all it says so like clearly that's the book you need right there that's the definitive work uh, <laughs> uh so yeah, yeah it is it is a huge book but i really enjoy it i think it's great so that's you know doing again the uh kind of the um the structure of the dojo plan combined with reviewing games with a coach i think is fully responsible yeah wow the dojo is going to love to hear this so join the chess dojo, you gain 350 points in just a few months. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, much I, better I than them. you quit chess for six months. That That is not part of their That's the, yes. In fact, uh, we're going to cut out that earlier bit, and we're just going to go to the 350 points part <laughs> of, the, okay. Okay, <laughs> of good. the interview. They'll be a lot happier. Um, one thing I have not. They won't not... kick me out. Oh, there's something I haven't heard yet. And I'm curious if it, if it's just you haven't done it yet or we haven't talked about it yet. I've heard nothing about chess over the board other than your one friend on New Year's. Have you found some people to play? Have you attended this club you mentioned? Have you gone to any tournaments yet? How's your over the board going? Yeah, so there is a local club I've, I've found. And um, the problem is when they meet up is very mm. inconvenient for me. And so I haven't gone to it. I think going to uh, over the board tournaments and stuff is the next logical step for me. Um, I I do feel like that's that's where I'm headed. You know the trajectory. Um, but so far, just uh, between just having such a busy life and kind of the awkward schedule of the local chess club, I just haven't uh, carved out a specific you know, time period where I say, okay, this is the week. I can't do anything at this time because I'm going to go do that. Um, but I'd like to go to tournaments. I'd like to get a USCF rating. Um, okay. So that's, that's, I guess, going to be like the next step forward is, is beginning to do that. Okay. And you think it's mostly a time thing? It's not a nervousness thing? I know for a lot of people, it's like, I'm not ready. I got to be at X level. I, I mean, officially, it's the time thing, right? I'm not, yeah. I'm not nervous. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of the nerves, too. Um, okay. yeah. It's a convenient excuse, though, isn't it? I'm busy, so. I mean, you sound um, busy. Yeah, uh, it's, it's extra convenient when it's true, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is partially nerves. But um, I think if it were only nerves, I'd have been there by now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the timing thing uh, does play a large part, but yeah, it's it's definitely. I feel like I was a lot better at going into new social uh, situations when I was younger. 
Mm, Um, now that I'm an adult, I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to meet a bunch of new people. Like, what if, what if they're like lame? What if I'm lame? I don't, (laughs) I don't want them to think I'm lame. So you just, you know, you find reasons not to. So there is that aspect, but yeah, I'm, I've started looking around, uh, they'll post like local tournaments in the area. Mm-hmm. And in the past month or so, I've just started noticing, oh, okay, they've they've got like a, a summer uh, open. So mm-hmm. that probably means they have a winter one too. Maybe I'll keep an eye out for that. And, 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 you know, and just kind of noticing, you know, what's around me, what I should be looking for to kind mm-hmm. of sign up for and plan for. All so right, Chris, that's I've, coming up. I've got an idea for you. Here's what you do. You go on Twitter. You ask the, your fellow chess punks, hey, what chess punks are going to tournaments in Florida soon? And then you go with the intention of both playing and hanging out with uh, some fun members from the chess punks community. Then it's a win-win. You know they're not lame. They know you're not lame. You're going to play some chess. It's going to be a great experience. Yeah, you know, that's that's a great idea. I know Omar's in Florida. Omar. Yeah, I'm I'm way up in North Florida, and Florida's a very long state. It is. It really is a big state. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure there's some chess punks in Florida that you can hang out with. Um, but yeah, sounds like that's a, a next step for you. Um, what about yeah, goals? That'd be great. Do you have any goals left in chess? I know you had one goal. Beat your friend. You can beat that yep. guy. Check. Uh, beat what's Gary. The next goal? Um yeah, so the my next goal was then to hit 1500 on Lee chess. Um, I looked at, I chose that because I, I looked at the, uh, the statistics and 1500 was right smack dab at the 50th percentile Mm. of weekly rapid players. And I was like, dude, that's it. I, if I can be average, then you know, maybe, uh, maybe then I'll feel like chess is complete. So I got to 1500. Congratulations. I'm average. And then I'm like, well, okay, I'm at 1500, but like 1750 is 75%. And that's not that far away. So that's 1750 and the 75th percentile is my new goal. Okay. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I guess once I get there, I'll have to pick a new percentile to aim for. Or you can just retire as uh, reaching your goal. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds great. We've got some some short-term goals. Do you have any long-term goals? Or is it just kind of like, hey, I'm just going to keep reaching the next milestone? Um. No, I don't really have any long-term goals. I feel like... Um... I had never planned when I started this to play in like tournaments or anything like that. And at this point now it's something that I am considering. So I feel like the, the goals will kind of reveal themselves as I go. Um, beyond that, it's just cause I enjoy playing. I mean, uh, I described it to someone as like, you know, cause they were like, well, if you can't be a master, what are you, what are you playing chess for? Yeah, you know, once I told them, I'm like, well, I picked it up as an adult. It's really hard. I'll, I'll never be a master. They're like, what's the point? I was like, well, you know, the dudes that play basketball in the local park every day, they're not trying to get in the NBA. They're not going out there. Like, I can't wait till LeBron shows up on my court. I'm just going to take him down. Like they don't, they're playing basketball because they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. 
and that's kind of how I am with chess. I'm I'm doing it because I think it's fun. It's a good hobby to have. And I guess I'll be done with it when I'm done with it. And if I continue to find uh, new goals or, or things that I find enjoyment from in chess, then I'll keep going as far as I can. Yeah. Wow. That's, that is a really good way to put it. I love it. Well, Chris, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the show for today. Where can people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you, maybe challenge you uh, on chess.com? Or sorry, um, on chess. Yeah, uh, I primarily play on Leeches. It's uh, my username is super underscore Nick and I K on Leeches. Mm, okay. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter with the other chess punks at Nerf Those Horses. Okay, Nerf Those Horses. Oh, I assume that's a chess reference and not. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> got to do something about those things. They are way, <laughs> way overpowered. In chess 1.2, things will be more balanced. Oh, okay. Maybe they can <laughs> only move uh, two squares instead of three. I don't know, but they've got to do something about them. Okay, that's fair. I, I will say, I feel like the the, the uh, knight versus bishop thing is just so funny. Because I feel like from like ultra beginners, bishops are way stronger. Because you can like hide them in the corner. And they won't yeah. even see that they're attacking you. But then, like, there gets a point where it feels like knights are way stronger because they move so weird. And you're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't see that fork. Whereas a bishop, you're used to how it moves. It moves kind of like the queen, and you stop falling for it. And then it's like, then you hit that, like, ultra-advanced stage where you're like, oh, but the two bishops, they control the board so well. I just feel like there's a big evolution in that bishop versus knight, which one is stronger. Yeah, definitely. And I think I made that uh, the Twitter handle after I had got hit by like a really nasty night fork. Uh-huh. And and I was just like, these things are out of control, man. But yeah, as you get towards like the intermediate range, knights become very deadly uh, mm-hmm. because they are so sneaky. Um, yeah. And it kind of goes there. But then, yeah, at the grandmaster level, you know, I guess bishops are worth 3.25 knights. Uh, but that's irrelevant to me. I mean, yeah, I hear you. I actually had to get a chessable course just like on the night and just, it's just all night tactics because my, I just, I still don't see the night as well. It, I still, my brain is still like, it's kind of a weird piece, man. And I'm like, Hey, it's not that weird. Okay. We've been seeing it for years now. Can you just catch up brain? It's like, mm, no. Yeah. I can generally, I'm generally pretty good at seeing like, say the squares it could hit in two or three moves if it's moving up the board but mm-hmm. if it involves rotating the knight when when that happens to me i'm just like oh man they can do that <laughs> i completely yeah. forgot how it moved but right. like, it's getting better though what that's a move yep okay well chris thanks so much for coming on sharing your thoughts i really appreciate it it sounds like you've had a really cool journey. You've already reached one of your major milestones. You beat your friend. Like that's a big deal. Some people yeah. come on the show and they never get to beat the friend because they they played him as a kid. They lost a bunch of times, and now that person's out of their life and they can't even get their revenge. So I'm happy you were able to get yours. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been great. No problem. All right. Well, everyone out there, I hope this is that week where you make your ratings gains and you go to that tournament and you gain a hundred points. And if it's not, and you lose 80 points, it happens. It happens. It happens to all of us. 
Uh, come back next week. We'll have a guest who can help you on your journey. And I'll see you next time, everybody. Goodbye.